You're listening to The Gary Harris Show on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. We're wagering in bingo halls for years, but the state has fought to close them down. Click TuscaloosaThread.com for more local news throughout the day. Don Hartley, Town Square Media, Tuscaloosa. The Gary Harris Show. You see him host Tider Insider TV, Crimson Tide Kickoff, play-by-play for Alabama sports, and sports director for WVUA 23. It's time for the Gary Harris Show on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. All right, good morning, everybody. Welcome to the Gary Harris Show, the TGIF edition of the program, which means we're going to have all that great music for you, ready to rock and roll this morning to get you into the weekend. It's overcast outside, but don't uh, don't be dreary. It's Friday, and uh, I know, uh, like a lot of people, as you know, I've been dealing with the flu and uh, battling through it. Uh, still not 100%. Um, been able to work, but then uh, overnight, uh, I guess I had a fever break. I woke up about four this morning, just the entire bed was just covered in sweat. So uh, anyway, but uh, ready to go this morning and uh, looking uh, forward to the show. I'm Gary Harris. Of course, Justin Jones is there in the control room taking your phone calls on the first and main condominiums hotline in hour number one, the Krispy Kreme Donuts hotline in hour number two. And uh, we are ready to rock and roll. Before we go any further, I do need to tell you this hour of the program being brought to you, as always, by Alabama Credit Union. Member-owned and not-for-profit Alabama Credit Union is really just a better way of banking. I encourage you to join me and become a member of the Alabama Credit Union. The experience is memorable, and you'll feel good about your money. I promise you that. Find out more at alabamacu.com. That's Alabama. CU.com. Some rules and restrictions do apply. See if you're eligible for membership. Then join today and feel good about your money. And put a extra change in your pocket. All right, here's the lineup. Christy Curry and Alabama women's basketball coming off a big win at home last night. They're fourth in a row in the SEC as they beat the Tennessee Lady Vols and uh, really did so in dominant fashion, winning the game 72-56. to now they get set to go to LSU on Sunday. Christy Curry will join me at 9.30 this morning to talk all about it. And at 10.30, it's the Auburn Report with Brett Pritchard. Auburn basketball with the big win over Alabama on Wednesday night, pulling into a tie with the Crimson Tide along with South Carolina and Tennessee for first place in the SEC. All those schools are at 8-2. and two. So we'll look forward to that. A lot of stuff making news this morning. We're going to get out on the uh, phone line here in just a second. But uh, let me go ahead and touch on a couple of headlines uh, that we'll be talking about this morning. I already mentioned Alabama women's basketball. So we're excited about that win. Alabama men at LSU tomorrow morning at 11 a.m. The Alabama softball team wins its opener at the Buzz Classic in Atlanta last night over Villanova three to nothing. But the news here is that Caleb Beaver, the transfer pitcher from central Arkansas, who we talked a lot about, no Montana fouts, no problem, at least last night. She went out and threw the 46th no hitter 
in program history. In her Alabama debut, as the Tide beat the Villanova Wildcats three to nothing, you just can't do it any better than that. That is just that is an awesome debut. And Alabama plays twice today over at the Buzz Classic, hosted by Georgia Tech. <coughs> Excuse me. They've got uh, Longwood this morning at 10, and they play Georgia Tech, the host school, at 3 o'clock this afternoon. So Bama softball is off and running, and uh, we'll talk a lot about that this morning. In fact, I see Corey as our first phone caller, so we'll get to Corey here in just a second. And uh, I know he'll want to talk about some, some softball and that impressive debut. Will Anderson Jr., the Houston Texans rookie edge rusher from Alabama, wins the Defensive Rookie of the Year in the NFL on the awards show last night. His teammate, of course, uh, C.J. Stroud, the quarterback from Ohio State, won the Offensive Rookie of the Year. So the Texans, which won the AFC South in the first year under D'Amico Ryan's leadership as the head coach, Sweep the Rookie of the Year awards. That's pretty cool. And uh, for Will Anderson Jr., who was taken number three overall, remember you had Bryce Young, his Alabama teammate, the quarterback, taken number one overall by the Carolina Panthers. Stroud was taken number two overall by the Texans. And then Anderson was taken number three overall by the Texans. And he lives up (coughs) to the hype as he wins the Defensive Rookie of the Year. Of course, the Super Bowl, Sunday at 5.30, 49ers versus the Chiefs. In Las Vegas, that is going to be a uh, heck of a football game. So a lot going on as we get ready to enter this big, big weekend. But like I said, we've got Corey already ready to go out on the first domain condominium hotline. So we'll jump out and we'll begin the show with a phone call this morning. Good morning, Corey. Good morning, Gary. I hope you're feeling all right. Yeah, I'm. I'm gonna get through it, man. It's been a it's been a tough week, but uh, everything's gonna be everything's gonna be good. Thank you, my friend. Um, great win last night. Um, like you said, couldn't have been a better start for Kayla Bieber. I mean, we knew she was good, but how was she gonna adapt to uh, competition like this? I mean, I'm sure she faced good competition at Central Arkansas, but this was well. I don't know how you would compare Villanova to what she faced, but Villanova. She probably faced. She probably faced. You know, some some good lineups. The difference is, is just where she's pitching at. You know, the spotlight here is bigger. This is uh You know, this is Alabama softball. This is a different level of uh, you know everything. So for her to come in and 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 you knew that, like you said, that she's got good stuff. But in her first time out to go out and throw a no hitter, you're right, man. That's uh, that's exceptional. That's just um, that's outstanding. Defense played great, no errors. Now I will say this: uh, I didn't see the game, so I couldn't really judge the. I didn't either. From a, but here's what I will say: this you only score in one inning. That kind of is disappointing, but. You have to remember this. February, you're not going to get a lot of hard contact. Um, the, um, the It's the first game. Probably, I would imagine the offense will get better as the weekend goes on, make some adjustments. And this was probably the best pitcher you're going to face all weekend. 
unless we see this pitcher again. Because this pitcher had a 1.1-something ERA and was the best pitcher in the Big East. So this wasn't no slouch you were facing. Right. Yeah, and they don't play Villanova again. So they won't They won't see her again. They only play them once. Oh. And uh, so you're right. She's a very good pitcher. And But I'm with you. I, I was uh, – I, I noticed the offense too, and but you're right. You got to you got to take into account that you were facing uh, one of the top pitchers in in that league, and uh, but you do hope that the offense is a little more explosive going forward. I mean that that kind of reminds you a lot of last year. You have one inning where you score three runs, and that was it for the entire you know the entire game. So, uh, but you're right. It's it's early February, and and uh, you know got to give it a little bit of time, but. All in all, you know, to have that kind of pitching from your your new pitcher, knowing you got Kayla Torrance, uh, and Joe Torrance behind her too, so it's uh, it's you know that's a good sign, good start. Uh, Florida State lost to Charlotte last night, and I think Florida State's number four in the country. And you just, I was like, wow, that's a shock. And it was at home too, and you just don't see upsets like that a lot. And uh, but. The thing I'm looking for this weekend is consistent pitching, good defense, and score runs when you can get them. Because last night we had bases loaded and batter struck out, and you can't do that when when you have a chance to break open a game. And we had you now. We were already at three nothing, but you could have broken it open, and that's one of the major things I had a problem with was leaving bases loaded and having a chance to break open the game and put the, or put the game away. And that's something I'm like, oh, I'm thinking, are we going to struggle with that again? Are we going to fix this? Or, But like I said, it's one game, so I guess nothing to worry about but, or be concerned with. But I'm just looking for consistency on offense because Murphy said we have a hitting coach and we're working on it, but I have to see it to believe it. Well, uh, that's fair. I, I think you make good comments as always because you you uh, follow it closely and you study it and you reference the Florida State loss. That is shocking, and I think it is again just a testament to where we're at where we're at now in college softball. Uh, the sport is established well enough. There's so many uh, girls that play the game coming up through the ranks. It's you know it's a lot like a lot of the more established sports, sports have been around a lot longer, you know, college football, you know, college basketball. There's so many good players that you have teams that maybe 15 years ago, 10 years ago, well, may not even had a team, but that didn't get these kind of players. There's a lot of good players to go around. So you can't, you know, you don't have them all just at the top programs. They're spread around the country. So there are a lot of teams. I mean, you look at Beaver, like you said, last, you know, last four years, she's been pitching. At Central Arkansas, and she's able to make the transition to Alabama, and in her first game, throw a no hitter. So uh, every team that you play now deserves respect, and you have to acknowledge the fact that if you don't play your best, that you can lose. And it doesn't have to be you don't have to be playing in the SEC, or you don't have to be playing against uh, Florida State or UCLA or Oklahoma or Texas. Uh, or Clemson, you can lose to teams that on paper 
your fans would expect you to win against and win easily against. There are no gimmies anymore. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I, I think that this Alabama team is, is like most teams during this month, just going to have to let them evolve and play the game and get better. But, <clears throat> you know, there's a chance they're going to stumble a time or two. You know, they could, they could lose one, you know, this weekend. So it's, uh, it's, it's a tough sport from the standpoint that there are a lot of good teams and a lot of good teams that people would not look at and say, just like you pointed out about Villanova, they're probably a lot better. And that pitcher, you know, if you don't study the sport, a lot of casual fans will just say, well, Alabama should beat Villanova easily. But that's not the case. I'm going to ask you something about basketball. Um, there's a three-way tie for first place. And I looked at I looked at Alabama's schedule, South Carolina and Auburn, and I even threw in Tennessee. Just looking at the schedules, I actually think Tennessee's schedule is actually the easiest remaining. Their only tough game, in my opinion, is is hosting Auburn. Just in my opinion, I think if Alabama wants to win the league, they can only afford one more loss, in my opinion. Well, Tennessee has to come to Alabama. Don't you think that's a pretty tough game? It is, it is. That, that that's. But I think I think the only, I think the tough two games remaining for Alabama is Kentucky and hosting, uh, hosting Tennessee. I think if Alabama wants to win the league, they need to win the remaining of their home games. Win LSU, win tomorrow at LSU. Win the both Florida home games and win the, the Ole Miss game because if you drop any of the road games outside of Kentucky. It's going to be very hard to to win because, like I said, Tennessee's schedule is very favorable. Besides coming to Tuscaloosa and and hosting Auburn, and then Auburn gets a lot of their their tougher games at home. And South Carolina, I could see them dropping a couple of games on those years because they got to go to Auburn and uh, they play Tennessee again uh, at home, but. I think, like I said, I think Tennessee's got the most favorable schedule remaining. And even though they're a game back behind the three teams tied for first, they I actually think they got the easiest <coughs> path to make. It doesn't mean that they're going to win the SEC. I'm just saying they got the, the most. No, I, I see your point. And I, you know, as I said yesterday, I think right now, in my opinion, uh, that Tennessee is the the most complete team in the SEC. Now that doesn't guarantee them anything. But I'm with you. I think I think right now with four teams at eight and two, if you ask me out of those four teams who I thought had the best chance to win the, the conference championship, I'd tell you Tennessee as well. But that doesn't mean it's a given. And I think Alabama can still do this. The fact that Alabama's right there at this point in the season is quite a testament to Nate Oates. Obviously, South Carolina's a surprise. And then Auburn, we know how, uh, how deep and, and strong they are. So it's going to be a great stretch run. Uh, and, you know, who knows? You know, there's a team, you know, Kentucky can get hot. Or you can have a team behind those four that, that makes a push. But clearly right now, my guess is that it'll be one of those four teams that wins the league, and, and I'm with you. I, I think right now today, if I had to pick, I'd pick Tennessee. But, hey, you know, Alabama, when they play their best, can beat anybody. If we can get to Kentucky, which is beating LSU and, and uh, uh, um, Florida, and then get to Kentucky, just win those two games and get to Kentucky, that'll be good because 
Florida's a tricky team to play. I think we give them at home first. If we can get to those two games and get to Kentucky, because to, to me, this is just my opinion, Kentucky's beatable this year. K- Kentucky and Alabama are kind of similar. Great offenses, not so good defenses. But it's one of those, it'll be one of those games where whoever makes the least amount of mistakes, because if you're in a shootout, whoever commits the least amount of turnovers and doesn't foul as much, that's who will win the game. Plus, I know the Rupp Arena fact, but Alabama under NATO has gone into Rupp Arena and won, so it, they won't be intimidated by the Rupp Arena factor, but that that's going to be a, a great game. But I know that's down the road a little bit, but if we can get to get to Kentucky by winning these next two games, I think that'll really help. Because you can't drop these next two games and expect to win the SEC. Great stuff, Corey. You uh, you expecting two wins today, or not? Well, well, getting two wins today. Yeah, I do. I do. Uh, now, listen, it's not a, a gimme, and we know you know Georgia Tech's a, a good ACC team, so um, it won't be easy. But yeah, I think Alabama. I mean, I I think Alabama should go five and zero in the tournament. I do, um, but it wouldn't you know shock me if they didn't. So I would think that you got to play Georgia Tech twice. That, Georgia Tech would be the best opportunity for Alabama to lose a game in this event, but I think they'll, I think they'll win them both today. You can watch the Georgia Tech games on, uh, I think the ACC Network Live or something. Okay, yeah, I, I've got, I doubt I'll be able to with all I have going on, but I'll, I certainly will monitor them for sure. So maybe I can check in on them. So, hey, Corey, got to hit the break. Good, good call. Have a great weekend, my friend. You too, Gary. Roll Tide. All right, 9-19, we'll take our first break and come back with more of the Gary here. So the TGIF edition, Justin's going to crank up that great weekend music to get you in the mood for Saturday and Sunday. We'll be back right after this. This season of Alabama football on Tide 100.9, brought to you by Birmingham Racecourse Casino. Just a few minutes away where you can be a winner, too. From the University of Alabama, this is Crimson Tide Today. It's daily update on Bama Sports and it's brought to you by Guthrie's. America's original chicken finger restaurant is now an official partner of the Alabama Crimson Tide. For franchise information, visit Guthrie'sChicken.com. Hello again, everybody. I'm Roger Hoover. On Thursday's edition of Crimson Drive, driven by NASCAR, we were joined by Alabama gymnast Luisa Blanco. Starting new traditions, which I think is a really cool concept that Ashley is really, you know, embedded within us, that it's okay to start new traditions. It's okay to, um, you know, honor the past, but create the future. And um, I think just having a year under our belt, um, just gives us confidence going into this year. We really wanted to start off the year building a foundation of trust. And we went on that team retreat um, this past, what was it, August. And uh, we did some team bonding, all that fun stuff. So just little things like that, building that foundation of trust that, you know, little by little, day by day, it builds. And you have the good days and the bad days in the gym, but um, they ultimately get you ready for the season. And, you know, here we are now. And I think we're carrying that out really, really well. I'll have more in a moment. 
Founded in Haleyville, Alabama in 1965 by Hal and Melissa Guthrie, Guthrie's was America's first chicken finger restaurant. Guthrie still uses the family's original southern fried chicken recipe in every chicken finger they serve, fresh, hot, and fast. Guthrie's Golden Fried Chicken Fingers has been Alabama-owned and operated for over 58 years and is still going strong. Come see us soon. Guthrie's, America's original chicken finger restaurant and now an official partner of the Alabama Crimson Tide. For franchise information, visit Guthrie'sChicken.com. Join us tomorrow for Crimson Tide men's basketball at LSU. Tip-off is scheduled for sports betting in Alabama. Contact your legislator today by visiting sportsbettingalliance.org. Paid for by Sports Betting Alliance. Sportsbettingalliance.org. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. The sky mostly cloudy today, very mild. A chance of showers late this afternoon and tonight. The high today, 68. The low tonight, 58. Tomorrow and Sunday, cloudy with occasional rain, maybe a thunderstorm around. Highs between 67 and 70. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 58 degrees in Tuscaloosa. You see him on WVUA 23 covering sports and on Tider Insider TV on Tuesday night. Don't miss a minute of the Gary Harris Show. Weekdays from 9 to 11 on Tide Rock and roll from Kent. We come back on the CGIF edition of the Gary Harris Show. Gary Harris, Justin Jones, and talking about the weekend and all the events and sporting uh, competitions that we're going to be managing and, and uh, keeping an eye on. Did not uh, mention the need to, certainly tonight, Alabama at Auburn for gymnastics down on the plains. And uh, Coach Ashley Johnston and her team. Coming off just their first loss of the season a week ago at home. Looking to bounce back tonight on the road down at Neville Arena against the Auburn Tigers. So that's a a big, big meet. Of course, uh, Coach Johnston joins us regularly here on the program. So want to uh, wish the the Tide good luck tonight. And uh, we know that throughout the years, Alabama has absolutely dominated Auburn. But we also know that in the last few years, Auburn has uh, really elevated their program. And this is now a very, very competitive rivalry. And it won't be easy for Alabama tonight on the road. But uh, hopefully they'll get the W down at Neville Arena. So just a lot <coughs> to talk about this morning. If you want to uh, join us in the conversation, the number of the first domain kind of was hotline, 205-342-9904. All right, we've just got um, about three minutes in this segment before we have to get the break and come back with the uh, Christy Curry. So, Justin, I uh, am going to go ahead and, and make my Super Bowl pick. I've waited all week to do it. And as I've said all week, too, I'm not – because, again, I, I would rather this game have a lot of Alabama flavor. You know, all these teams in the league that have a heavy Alabama presence, and these are two of the least Alabama-centric teams in the National Football League. The 49ers – Cam Latou is their only Alabama player, and he is on the injured list, the rookie tight end. And then for the Chiefs, Isaiah Bugs, a defensive lineman who I don't think played in, in the playoff games. I don't know what his status is from the Super Bowl. <clears throat> but two, clearly two 
teams that went into the season, this was a Super Bowl pick that a lot of people had. A lot of people had the Chiefs versus the 49ers, a rematch from four years ago when the Chiefs won. I don't, like I said, I'm not a huge fan of either one of these teams. So I'm going to pick this one strictly based on who I think is going to win. And it is, like everyone says, it's hard to pick against Patrick Mahomes. But I think the the 49ers dodged a couple of bullets at home, right? You know, the Chiefs had to go on the road, which is unusual for them. They're usually at home, but they had to go to Buffalo. They had to go to Baltimore. And they won two games against two teams in tough conditions. So based on what happened in the playoffs, you'd have to pick the Chiefs. Because the 49ers were at home, and they were very fortunate to beat the Packers. And then we're down 24-7 and a half to the Lions. And they won both those games. But I think getting past those two games gives me just the vibe that the 49ers, it's their time. And Kyle Shanahan, you know, he was the offensive coordinator when the Falcons blew a 28-3 lead against the Patriots in the Super Bowl. <clears throat> He's had great teams in the 49ers, and they've come up short. I believe this is their time. I believe it's San Francisco's time, so I'm going to take the Niners. Who you got, Justin? I agree with you. I like that logic. Um, I think if you look at the two teams, like you said, two two bullets dodged in uh, – I know it's not candlestick anymore. I can't think <laughs> – over there in California um, for the 49ers. I think those two teams, the Packers and the Lions, were the better uh, – two teams compared to what the Chiefs have played. I know the Ravens were world beaters coming out of the regular season, but there were some questions, and they went in there and kind of dominated them, and Lamar couldn't throw the ball very well. He didn't have his best game. And the Bills, of course, Josh Allen, the interceptions that he's thrown during the regular season, lots of questions there as well. Of course, the Dolphins hadn't played good on the road or against good teams, especially in that cold weather. I'm going to take the 49ers with you even though I don't want to because I'm a Seahawks fan at heart. But Brock Purdy, I think, proves a lot of people wrong in the Super Bowl, and Christian McCaffrey has a big day. It's Levi's Stadium, by the way. Levi's, there we go, there we go. (laughs) All right. So Justin and I are both taking the 49ers to win the Super Bowl on Sunday. All right, when we come back, Christy Curry, head coach of the Alabama Crimson Tide women's basketball team, talking about the run that they're on. They're playing very, very well. We'll have more next. Los Tarascos has been serving Mexican favorites like burritos, fajitas, and quesadillas since 1999. Their new location is at 4100 Owen Parkway in Northport. And, of course, you can find Los Tarascos in Tuscaloosa at 110 Skyland Boulevard. The bar areas feature big-screen television so you can enjoy your favorite sporting events. Los Tarascos features daily happy hour specials. And for the best Mexican cuisine in West Alabama, remember, the name is Los Tarascos with locations in Tuscaloosa and Northport. Life doesn't wait for when your finances are in perfect order. It just happens. But no matter what surprises come your way, Alabama Credit Union will be here to help make it affordable with great personal loans, mortgages, and auto loans. They offer an easy application process and fast decisions so you can stay focused on feeling good about whatever life brings your way. Alabama Credit Union will be here to help make it affordable with great personal loans, mortgages, and auto loans. Babble, language for life. 
celebrating 10 million subscriptions sold. Go to Babbel.com and start learning a new language today. That's B-A-B-B-E-L.com. As much as Innisfree has evolved, it will always be that place to escape and have a good time. Whether it's for a game day weekend, to reminisce on college days, or to create new memories, if you're looking for a good time, there's only one thing to do. Head to the free at 1925 University Boulevard. And don't forget about the Lucky Lunch Meet and 3 special Monday through Friday from 11 a.m. until 2 p.m. Get a meat and three vegetables for just $8.49. Or for a lighter appetite, try the Lucky Lunch Soup, Salad, or Sandwich Combo. I'll see you at the free. Where the season never ends. This is your home of Alabama sports. Tide 100.9. And screaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Nine thirty-one. Welcome back into the Gary Harris Show. Yay, Alabama brings us back in because when Alabama and Tennessee get together, it's a, it's a rivalry of the highest magnitude, regardless of the sport. And last night in women's basketball, the Crimson Tide won a fourth consecutive SEC game and took care of the Lady Vols in the process, seventy-two to fifty-six inside Coleman Coliseum. Head coach of the Crimson Tide, Christy Curry, who won her five hundredth game against Vanderbilt earlier in the week and then got number 501 last night against another Tennessee team the Lady Balls joins us now to talk about it good morning coach congratulations hey good morning thank you thank you thank you I said on my TV sports cast last night that it it wasn't that long ago that if the thought of Alabama beating Tennessee in women's basketball would be considered a major upset uh not the case anymore in fact Going into that game last night, I think most Alabama fans expected Alabama to win that game, <laughs> and you did. And you uh, and you wound up winning it going away. Still, though, we know what Tennessee means to the sport. We know the history and tradition with Pat Summit there, so it's still a special win for Alabama. But the fact that you uh, you handled your business, you're probably as proud as as much I would guess of how you won as the fact that you did win, the way that you took care of it, particularly the fact that Sarah Ashley only had nine points in the game. Yeah, you know, um, it's a, it's always a great win anytime you can beat those guys. They're still, you know, one of the premier programs in the country. But I think it just shows, you know, how far we've come and that we do expect to beat Tennessee. And, you know, um, to have a, a, a little bit of an off night for SA um, and for our team to still be able to step up and score 72 points, you know, she's drawn a lot of attention, and um, one thing that that does is open things up for other ones, but they just have to capitalize on it. We were really fortunate last night to have great balance. I mean, she's still, I mean, she had some big timely buckets and made some big plays defensively and guarded Rakia Jackson along with Aaliyah Nye, which was huge. And um, But I'm just so proud of this group. I mean, they all count the same. You know, now we have to turn our attention quickly to, to go to Baton Rouge and, and, you know, try to get a really great LSU team on Sunday. This week was such an eventful week and uh, historic week, really. I mean, Vanderbilt's playing very well. You've got to go in there to Nashville. And in a game where a great part of that game, it looked like, you know, Alabama wasn't going to win. Uh, and then in the fourth quarter, on the road, and of course, obviously, that was your 500th victory. But that was a great win, too. And um, those road wins in this league, we know how hard they are to come by, 
and to get one against a team that's playing very well like that, how big was that? It was huge, especially in the fashion that we wanted in. And, you know, they're about to have a 21 season and have had some huge wins and a much improved team. The thing about playing at Vandy, Gary, is it's so awkward. You know, the communication mm-hmm. where your bench is located, uh, the environment. And the coolest thing I love, we go there and get a win, and no one on our roster has ever played there because of COVID. And so um, to be able to go <coughs> to that environment and fight and claw and, and show a lot of grit down the stretch says a lot about the character of this group. and. You know, we're fortunate we're able to do the same thing a few nights earlier at Arkansas. Um, I love who this team is. I mean, they're tough and hard-nosed and gritty, and they earn everything that they get. We just hope, folks, we play at home on the 18th and 25th, two straight Sunday games. The next chance we'll be home is against Auburn on the 18th at 2 p.m. And we need folks in this community. This team deserves for people to come out and feel Coleman. They really do. Uh, they're, they're playing great. Uh you, you, I can tell you're not wanting to talk too much about it, but I am going to get you to speak on the significance of uh, 500 career victories. I mean, that's kind of a magic number in basketball coaching. And not only does it speak to, um, you know, the teams that you've had, but just your consistency and, and your longevity to get that uh, milestone victory. What did that mean to you? Well, it's, it's more about the people. I think when something like this happens, you have to step back and, it's never been about me. It's always been about we. So, you know, to have Kelly Curry by my side for all 500 and to have two little girls at home and 15 at the office and try to win every day wherever our feet are. And we've, you know, we've been really blessed to work together like so many couples are when they run an organization. But also just so many staff, but more importantly, so many players through the places I've been, Purdue, Texas Tech, Alabama. It's a lot bigger. It's, it's a team thing. And I just am blessed to try to hold the wheel, Gary, and try, try to steer things along the way. So I'm just really thankful for everybody that's been a part. And, you know, we celebrate that, and we're very thankful for that. But I, it's time to move on. Let's try to go get 600 and keep at it. You know, we're just really blessed, thankful for the administrations that have believed in us. And, um, you know, Coach Battle hired me to come in and do just what we're doing, and we're very proud of what we've done. And, you know, we feel like we're a consistent NCAA tournament team, and that's where we want the program to be and compete for an SEC championship. And, gosh, we wish we had a couple of those back earlier. But, man, I love who this team's trying to be right now. We just need to continue to take care of the business ahead and, and one at a time, right? Yes, ma'am. And and you did mention that it's uh, it's been a process. When you got here, uh, the program was down. There's no other way around it. And there were a lot of teams that were um, above Alabama. Uh, in the SEC, and this is a tough league when you're at the bottom trying to work your way up. You knew it wasn't going to happen overnight, but you have kind of just been consistent. You've built the the team over time, and now you are, as you said, a consistent NCAA tournament quality program, a a program that is in the uh, uh, midst of of competing for SEC championships. You had the vision. Uh, It wasn't always easy. But to be where you're at now, um, for you and Kelly and, and, and everybody involved with the program, I know the work isn't complete, the job isn't done, but to be here now and to have the, the dream and now kind of get to where you're at, how, what, as a coach, what's that like? Because you take over a job, you obviously take it over with the expectations of winning, but you know where you're at at the time and you see where you want to go, but it was a long way to get there. Uh, What's that like now to kind of finally, in the last few years, be where you wanted to be with this program? 
Well, it's awesome, but it's not really anything I think about. I just try to figure out how we can be better today than we were yesterday, you know, and never satisfied. Mm-hmm. I think you, you think more about the losses than you do the wins, and you don't enjoy those last night, you know, very long. It's a reset, and it's get ready for the next one. So at some point, you know, maybe one day, um, you know, a long time from now, I can just sit back and go, wow, that was that was pretty cool. But at, at the moment, we're just trying to be the best version of ourselves, and keep working. You know, the biggest thing I want is for folks to come out and support this program. And, you know, these kids need people in the stands and we've got Auburn coming in here a week from Sunday. You know, we walked into a hornet's nest down there and um, lost a close one. And so we're hoping our crowd will come out on the 18th at 2 p.m. and really come. Let's give Auburn a hard time with the home crowd. Yeah, that's something that uh, you've referenced twice. And, and uh, <laughs> you know, it, it's you've got a good team. And you got a good program, and you got a good solid fan base. But you're right, trying to draw those extra people into the stands and and get the buzz for the program um, hasn't been easy. Maybe this run of four straight wins will do it, and the consistent success. But I know that's something that you long for is is the the kind of buzz that you you have to deal with when you go into other buildings, as a kind of crowd, the kind of student support um but you're right it's not too late and and you referenced the auburn game there would be no better game for this program and this fan base to pack the place than against the auburn tigers you're exactly right and we hope everybody will come out and we play mississippi state a week later at home at 4 p.m so we need to finish this home schedule and we appreciate everybody that does come out but we want this community to get behind this team and i know we're walking into an environment on sunday that you know we feel like we deserve the same at home and it's going to be a great game at LSU. We're going to go in there and compete. We hope our guys take care of business on Saturday, and we'll follow that up and give it our all, and we're excited. Well, I think you're going to get the crowd for these Auburn-Mississippi State games. I kind of sense that it's, that, that vibe is building. Back to last night, because you referenced Sarah Ashley only nine points, but she does do so many other things. She guards. She can guard anybody on the floor. Uh, she's physical. She gets on, you know, she dives for loose balls. She's uh, a phenomenal player. But it does open up other opportunities. And, and one player recently that's really – benefiting from that has been Ali and I. Uh, you watch players that are in the zone, so to speak, or shooting with confidence. She feels like you get the impression that she could pull up from just the other side of half court. She's making everything right now. And and when she shoots it, it looks like it's going in even when it doesn't go in, Coach. Well, she's a lot of fun to watch. One thing that she does so well is move without the ball. I mean, she waits on her screens. She uses her screens. Um, she has a really, you know, really, really has worked in the off season of countering. When you take away the shot off the pass, I mean, she can put it on the floor, get to the rim. The mid range is improved, and she's just a three level scorer. And I think her development's really special. You know, she's graduated. She's working on her MBA, so her load every day is unbelievable. What the kid does, I'm just really proud of her. She's the epitome of a an athlete. SA's working on her masters. They're kind of like Batman and Robin, and you know, Salt and Pepper. Man, they just play off each other and. They're a lot of fun to watch, and they really understand who they need to be for our team to be successful, and it's the same thing in the locker room. They're both phenomenal leaders, and I'm really happy for Aaliyah. I mean, she's she's come a long way, and she's doing some great things for us, and um, they're a really good tandem together, and then we throw our other pieces in. It's, it's kind of the sum of the parts. This team is really a special team as far as everybody understanding who they are and playing within themselves. All right, let's get back to Sunday because that's a daunting task. The defending national champions, uh, they're really back playing at, at, at a high level. You had them here. 
that was pretty electric atmosphere when they came to, to Coleman. But, uh, you know, they're tough to play anywhere. But when you're going in there on a Sunday, um, you know, what, it, what does it take to compete with that team for four quarters on the road? Uh, you know, what, what do you have to do to give yourself an opportunity that when you look up, you know, in the fourth quarter, you're in the game? I think you got to have four double figures. You know, everybody talks about how you got to defend and rebound. We all understand that against those guys. You got to box out. I think they had 25 uh, offensive rebounds here, maybe 26 last night at Vandy. Those are important, but you got to find ways to score and match the scoring and, and get some critical stops. But at the same time, we, we can't go in there and, you know, um, and, and be hesitant. You got to go in there and be the aggressor. You got to go in there with an attacking mentality and uh, force the value and just believe. So uh, we got to have. A big scoring output from beyond SA, beyond Aaliyah, and uh, we got to have some help from our inside-outside game with those kids around them. Well, Coach, it's uh, it's a good run you're on right now, four in a row, and uh, headed toward the NCAA tournament again. And uh, but as you said too, we don't want to forget about those two huge home games on the 18th and the 25th against Auburn and. Mississippi State. Maybe we can visit again before those games. And uh, good luck this weekend down in Baton Rouge. Thanks, Gary. Thank you. We'd love to be back on. Appreciate you and all you do for our program. Have a great weekend and roll tide. All right, Coach Christy Curry. Wow, this team is. Uh, and I, I think what she said there, um, you know, hope it resonates with with the listeners. Let's rally <coughs> to give Alabama when they play Auburn inside Coleman Coliseum. Let Let's rally to give that team the kind of support that they have to face when they go on the road in this league, including down at Auburn earlier this season uh, when they played down there at Neville Arena. Alabama has dominated Auburn lately <coughs> in women's basketball, but Auburn won that game, and they won it in a large part because that place was was packed out. And um, they had a really enthusiastic crowd so that's something to uh, to think about with this women's basketball team. Listen, they're they're a good team, and they're going to the NCAA tournament again. And when they play their in-state rival at Coleman Coliseum, that place needs to be cranky. All right, it's nine forty-four, and uh, I got something that uh, I want to talk to you about real quick. Uh, a big event coming up. Jackie Houston for Houston Hydrosteam, one of our sponsors. Uh, all your steam cleaning needs, obviously, Houston Hydrosteam. But he's involved with a great event called Fiddle Fest. It's a live event with contestants come from all over the southeast, and they'll have professional judges, all kinds of instruments, uh, fiddle, mandolin, banjo, guitar, um, They'll have arts and crafts, and they'll do some jams. In other words, just bring your instruments, and you can get up and play with others. The event is set for February 24th at Shelton State Community College. Food vendors will be there. It's going to start at 9 a.m. and go until the contest is completed, probably around 6 that evening. It will remind people of one they used to do years ago at the old McFarland Mall. So make a note of this. If you're into music, particularly uh, old-style mountain music with fiddles, uh, this Fiddle Fest is something to get excited about. That's Fiddle Fest coming up February 24th at Shelton State Community College. 
That's on a Saturday. Food vendors, arts and crafts, great music, good times, and more. Fiddle Fest 2024, Saturday, February 24th at Sheldon State Community College. All right, we'll be back, and we're wide open in the next segment. If you want to give us a call on the First and Main Condominiums Hotline, 205-342-9904. Love to hear from you. Uh, Bama basketball on the road tomorrow morning, 11 a.m. at LSU. What do you think about that game? Tide looking to bounce back after losing at Auburn on Wednesday night. We'll be back after this. On the next Inside the Locker Room with Coach Wimp Sanderson and Barry Sanderson. Tune in Monday. We'll look back at all the SEC games from the weekend and find out who's in first place. We'll talk about the Alabama LSU game in the second hour. Doug Bell will join us. We'll talk about the Wastebanks to open and then talk about Tigers return at the Genesis next weekend. Inside the Locker Room, weekdays 7 to 9 a.m. on Tide 100.9 and Tide100.9.com. Tuscaloosa's Old Colony Golf Course is an 18-hole championship layout designed by 1976 U.S. Open champion Jerry Pate. Director of Golf John Gray and fitting specialist Bob Montgomery are PGA certified. Mike Shivitz is the head professional and director of the Tuscaloosa Junior Golf Program. Call today to secure a tee time at the Tuscaloosa Championship Golf Course. Everyone can play. 205 205- 562-3201. Old Colony is operated by Paris. Since 2011, Billy Sports Grill, located on Main Avenue in historic downtown Northport, has been serving their legendary signature chicken sandwich, award-winning wings, and handcrafted cocktails. Billy's is also the spot to watch all your favorite sporting events with big screen, high-definition televisions, both dining rooms, at the bar, and Discover better living at First and Main. Visit firstandmaincondos.com or call 205-657-7465. Mention you heard about us on the radio and receive one month free rent. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. The sky mostly cloudy today, very mild. A chance of showers late this afternoon and tonight. The high today, 68. The low tonight, 58. Tomorrow and Sunday, cloudy with occasional rain. Maybe a thunderstorm around. Highs between 67 and 70. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 58 degrees in Tuscaloosa. You're listening to The Gary Harris Show. Alabama Sports, Tide 100.9, and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Friday, first hour getaway song, The Cure. Friday, I'm in love. Welcome us back in. And they'll also take us out at the top of the hour. 9.49, we're going to jump out on the first and main condominiums hotline. And our pal Franny is on hold, ready to uh, talk some sports. How you doing, Franny? I'm good. I'm glad to hear you're feeling better. Thank you so much. Uh, Christy has done a really good job. I don't think people really know how bad this program was when she got it. Uh, Smith, Smith and Wendell, it might have been the worst uh, program in the SEC at the time she took over. Yeah, it, it, 
It probably was. I, I don't think that that's an unfair statement. They were, if they weren't at the bottom, they were, you know, hovering a couple inches above it. So yeah, it was a, <laughs> it was a tough job when she got here, and and uh, you know, it had been a long time since Rick Moody had been going to the NCAA tournament every year and been to a Final Four, and and Alabama was so. Uh, and and really, to be honest with you, Franny, I mean, um, Alabama has a good program. Um, they've got some resources. They don't have right now the same type of resources that LSU has or South Carolina has or some other programs in this league have. But she has done a good job of maximizing uh, what she has and um, building a consistent winner. And and I, I like what she said now. It's time for the fans to come out and, and, and really support this team in a special way. And you got two opportunities to do it on the 18th and the 25th against two really good teams, Auburn and Mississippi State, two rival teams. So I, I would love to see, like Coach, I'd, I'd love to see the fans respond and really pat Coleman for a women's basketball game. Yeah, I've been to some games she's coached as well, and there is some support there, but probably not as much as there should be. Um, one thing that Corey said, we actually play A&M, and then Florida, and then we go to Kentucky. Okay. So the A and M games in there as well. So yeah, yeah. There's, there's. I'm with you. I think at this point, when you're uh, trying to stay at the top, every game is important. You can't look ahead and say, "Well, you got to win that game," or you you know, you got to try to win every game you can. And that's the you know, beginning tomorrow. I mean, that's. That's the way it works. I mean, they all count one at the end of the day. And, uh, uh, you know, you would love to beat Tennessee at home, love to beat Kentucky, but you can also beat those teams. And if you lose to an A&M or a Florida or tomorrow at LSU, you know, it, it counterbalances. So every game, that's why coaches are so much different than fans. Franny, you know this. Coaches yeah. live in the real world. Uh, I can't worry about looking ahead. I can't worry about the Tennessee game or the Kentucky game. I got to worry about the game in front of me. And for tomorrow, uh, that's LSU. And if Alabama's not ready to play, and if they don't play well, they could get beat down there tomorrow. That's that's a reality. That's not that's not some pipe dream of, you know, LSU has to score 100 points. No, LSU is good enough that if Alabama isn't at the top of its game, LSU can beat them. And that's and another added thing about tomorrow's game, we have a week off. So you don't want a two-game losing streak and then you're off a week. You sure don't. You do not want to You do not want to go into your bye with negative vibes. You know, win tomorrow and everything's good, you know, for the moment. You're right back on track. Yeah, you lost at Auburn. But if you win tomorrow – you guarantee yourself that you're going to be at worst in a tie for first place going into right. your bye. So that tomorrow is a huge game, and I and I hope Alabama will respond and play it that way. Particularly, like you said, the fact that you don't play again for a week, there's no reason to to hold anything back tomorrow. Just go down there, 11 a.m. Hey man, let it all hang out. Let's get this W. Let's get a little rest, and let's get set for the stretch run. Yeah, I would love to see. Um... Christy, get back to the Sweet 16 like Rick Moody did and all of that. I think it's possible. It's not going to be easy, but it's possible. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's possible. I agree with you. I, I think this team has Sweet 16 potential. Um, she's had a couple of teams that did. I mean, she's had some teams that, you know, are like like she was saying, they've established themselves now as an NCAA tournament program. So yep. I, I'm with you. <laughs> Getting to the Sweet 16 would be a major accomplishment, and I think this team has a chance to be one of the last 16 standing. I do. Especially when you have Lee, uh, Lee and I and Barker, uh, two experienced players. The rest of them will follow them. That's right. The rest of them. <laughs> they set they set the tone. They they are the, um, especially Sarah Ashley, because I think I think Sarah Ashley is is the leader of that team in every aspect. Uh, I think they follow her her example in practice. I think they follow her intensity, her energy, and and like Coach said, she only played. She only had nine points last night, but she did so many things in that game that helped her team win. And I think all of the other players feed off of that. So, and then Aaliyah and I, the way she's playing right now offensively, she's she's playing at a different year right now, man. And one thing that's changed about Aaliyah, she used to be strictly a three-point shooter. She's learned how to take the uh, mid-range jumpers, which has made the defense back off some. To open up at the three-point line, and it's a subtle adjustment, but it's a good one. Yeah, she has, and like the coach said, she moves so well without the ball. She uh, she finds open spaces. She finds ability to uh, get a, a, a good look and, a, and an open look. So, yeah, she's playing in a real good rhythm right now. Yeah, it's a fun team to watch right now, so hopefully they can keep it rolling. I'd love to see – I'd love to see them be competitive on Sunday in Baton Rouge, man. I'd love to look up and, you know, early in that fourth quarter, Alabama be in that game. That be that would be fun. Not sure that yeah. that'll be the way it goes on the Take floor, but uh, I'd love it. Take it easy. All right. Thank you, Franny. Great phone call. That is going to wrap it up. <clears throat> this hour of the Gary Harris Show is brought to you by Alabama Credit. You remember owned and not-for-profit. The Cure is going to get us out of here. Hour number two is coming up, and uh, we'll have Brett Pritchard with the Auburn Report at 1030. More of your phone calls. The Gary Harris Show, the TGIF edition, rolls on. a non-competitive three-mile walk and a survivor's pathway. To register and to get more details, log on to TuscaloosaHeartWalk.org. If you haven't already, you've got to try Tuscaloosa's unique breakfast, brunch, and lunch concept, Brick and Spoon, downtown Tuscaloosa, Timerson Square. It's fresh food with a Cajun flair featuring a full bar with build-your-own Bloody Marys and mimosas. Open daily, 7 a.m. until 2 p.m. Available for after-hours events, rehearsal dinners, receptions, and birthdays. They offer brunch and lunch catering. Call Brick and Spoon at 205-345-5551 for more information. WTBC Tuscaloosa and W265CG Tuscaloosa, a town square media station. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. 
from the Fox Sports Studios in Los Angeles. Here's Kevin Wired. NBA action on Thursday night. The Timberwolves sinking the Bucks in Milwaukee, 129-105. So Milwaukee now just 1-5 with Doc Rivers as their head coach. L.A. Lakers unveiling their Kobe Bryant statue outside Crypto.com Arena. But those festivities spoiled by the Denver Nuggets as they down the Lakers in Los Angeles, 114-106. So they're now a half game ahead of Oklahoma City, a game ahead of the L.A. Clippers for the top spot in the Western Conference, tied with the Minnesota Timberwolves. Cavaliers keep on winning. It's now 16 out of the last 17 games in which they've gotten a victory, including a 118-95 win in Brooklyn. It's also eight straight for Cleveland. Warriors beat the Pacers in Indiana 131-109. to Now, this hour's West Alabama real-time news update from the Tuscaloosa Thread Newsroom. University of Alabama System Chancellor Thymus St. John is stepping down to become the first executive director of the Shelby Institute for Policy and Leadership at the Capstone. Current Vice Chancellor Sid Trant will become interim April 1st. Greensboro, Democrat State Senator Bobby Singleton has added an amendment to the Education Curriculum Transparency Bill that would allow curriculum to be transmitted to parents electronically rather than personal meetings. And the Alabama women's basketball team got a big win over arch-rival Tennessee at Coleman last night, 72-56. 24-7 local news coverage and sports updates when you download the free Tuscaloosa Thread app and sign up for twice-daily email newsletters. The Gary Harris Show. You see him host Tider Insider TV, Crimson Tide Kickoff, play-by-play for Alabama sports, and sports director for WVUA 23. It's time for the Gary Harris Show on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Welcome back into the Gary Harris Show, hour number two of the program, the TCIF edition. As we roll on here on Tide 100.9 FM and 12:30 AM WTBC. Pardon me, I still have still battling a little bit of a cough as we've discussed, and um, but all in all, having a fun show this morning, and we got a good hour here on tap in the second hour that we're going to get to in just a moment. First, though, I need to tell you this hour. Being brought to you, as always, by Patterson Comer, Attorneys Lit Law. Paul Patterson and Mike Comer, they do it right. I have said this before, and I'll say it again. Um, if you are dealing with an automobile accident or injury or, you know, you need a personal injury attorney, I just think it's important to have someone who lives where you live. I I really do. I, I think that that, that matters. And, um, yeah, you can call one of the big 1-800 firms, and they're they're going to represent you. And, and I'm not going to say that they're not going to do a good job for you. Obviously, it's in their best interest to do a good job for you, but you might not ever even have an opportunity to meet with your attorney in person. And I don't know. That that seems pretty impersonal to me. If you hire Mike Homer or Paul Patterson, they're going to be with you face-to-face, even if you have to go to court. Paul is in Northport, or Paul is in uh, Tuscaloosa, I should say. At 205-345-1000, Mike's in Northport at 205-759-3939, or toll-free from anywhere, 866-507-9091. The commitment to the client does not stop at the end of the workday. Patterson Comer is dedicated to serving their clients 24 hours a day, seven days a week. PattersonComerLawFirm.com. 
No representation is made that the quality of legal services to be performed is greater than the quality of services performed by other lawyers. And some breaking news involving a former Alabama officer coordinator. It did not uh, <coughs> take long for Bill O'Brien to depart the Ohio State University as the offensive coordinator, but it's for good reason. <coughs> O'Brien has worked out a deal. It's being reported by Pete Thamel and others to become the next head coach at Boston College. And this is a great, great hire for BC. And Bill O'Brien, you're getting a proven NFL coach. He led the Houston Texans to the playoffs four times. Did a great job when he was the head coach for two years at Penn State, coming out of the Jerry Sandusky mess. Led Alabama for two years offensively, and uh, Bryce Young won a Heisman Trophy under his tutelage. And then this past season worked for Bill Belichick again with the New England Patriots. So (laughs) you're talking about a guy who's highly respected in coaching circles and who is from that area. That's that's home base for him. And Jeff Halfley, Boston College head coach, left to become the defensive coordinator for the Green Bay Packers, due in large part, I think, to the fact that Boston College is not going to be at the top of NIL money, probably lagging behind in some areas. Of course, a lot of college coaches are tired of dealing with that and with the portal. But for Bill O'Brien, This is an opportunity to be at home and be the head coach of the Boston College Eagles. I think it's a good fit. And I know there are a lot of Alabama fans who love to rag on Bill O'Brien. I get it. And But, again, that that 2021 offense that Alabama had, folks, that offense was rolling, man. (laughs) They, They were rolling. Uh, what they did to Georgia that SEC championship game, they they were rolling. And, you know, they lost John Mechie in that game. And then against Georgia in the national championship game, they lost Jamison Williams in the first half. That changed that team. You know, you have those guys healthy, and there's a very good opportunity that Alabama won another national championship. And then in 2022, Bryce Young got hurt. He got hurt. But still, Alabama navigated through that season. And at Tennessee, say what you want. But Alabama's offense, with Bryce Young not at 100%, was electric that day. That had nothing to do with Bill O'Brien. And I know the final drive, I get it on third down. I, I would have probably run the ball, too. But on that second down play, he dialed it up, man. Jameer Gibbs is probably still running if he catches that little ball over the middle. Had him isolated on the linebacker. Alabama wins that game right then if if Gibbs makes that catch. And then against LSU, the offense in that game came alive. So, and we know what, Bryce did against Kansas State in the Sugar Bowl. So I think Bill O'Brien is a much better offensive coach than Alabama fans think that he is. So happy for him. I think Boston College made a good hire. I think he's a good fit 
I think he'll do a good, solid job. That's a program that I think their fans have a, have a, a, a good understanding of who they are. They want to win, but they're not going to, you know, want to fire the coach if he, you know, goes seven and five. In fact, that's kind of been, you know, in recent history, that's been about a seven-win type program. <clears throat> I think, you know, Bill O'Brien might can elevate them. You know, he, he might have an opportunity to win eight or nine or ten games, or who knows. So, anyway, Bill O'Brien did not last long at Ohio State. He took that job as the offensive coordinator, but clearly an opportunity to become the head coach uh, at uh, Boston College was a good opportunity for him. Now you wonder what uh, Ryan Day will do. You know, you just wonder. I mean, you do wonder. You know, Tommy Reese, <laughs> you know, he was the head coach or the uh, offense coordinator at Notre Dame, was the offense coordinator at Alabama. Now he's with the Cleveland Browns. He's got a lot of experience in that part of the country. Maybe Ryan Day makes a call to Tommy Reese to become Ohio State's. Offensive coordinator. He was the offensive coordinator here when Julian Sayan signed the new quarterback at Ohio State that originally was at Alabama. So that's just something I'm throwing out there, Justin. But it might not be that far fetched. Again, when you look at Reese, already has experience coordinating two major programs Notre Dame and Alabama. He's been in the college football playoff with both programs. He's still, I think, 31 years old. He's just up the road from Columbus there in Cleveland. Do you think that's something that Ryan Day might look at? Yeah, I think it is. And like you just said, uh, he already has plans to move to Ohio if he's not already. So (laughs) um, it would be close. It's interesting that the timing of this all, um, especially with Alabama and and the rumors around Ryan Grubb and stuff like that, um, I'm, I'm not saying Ryan Grubb is a candidate, but just the the fish in the pond is seems kind of lacking. At least there's no big names that you can make a splash with other than maybe Tommy Reese. Well, since you brought up Ryan Grubb, and I haven't talked much about it, because to me there's been no need to talk much about it. I mean, until um, – and, and, again, I, I, I don't think Ryan Grubb would leave Taylor DeBoer in Alabama to be an offense coordinator in another college program. So I'm not even worried about Ohio State, Ohio State in that regard. If the Seattle Seahawks offered Ryan Grubb a job, do I think there's a good chance he would take it? I do. I mean, you know, he lived in Seattle the last few years. Uh, That's an NFL team. But my feeling has been if Ryan Grubb is your guy, in other words, if you're Mike McDonald there in Seattle, the new head coach, and you want Ryan Grubb to be your offensive coordinator, then you offer him the job. You know, I mean, to me – the fact that he has not been offered the job or, or we haven't seen that reported is a sign to me that I don't think he's going to be the offense coordinator in Seattle. I, I think he's going to be the offense coordinator here at Alabama. I know he spoke to the Red Elephant group on Wednesday. and A lot of stuff came out of that. <coughs> he got pardoned me, but my cough has gotten a little worse. Um, there's a, um, you know, a lot of people that were there that said, he said, you know, I'm your offensive coordinator at Alabama, and I believe that. But um, – so, I, you know, I just haven't spoken much about it because I think a lot of times you get – you see something on Twitter, oh, Ryan Grubb's a candidate at Seattle, and people just start losing their mind. And, 
I just haven't done that. But I, I would be interested to see, or I will be interested to see what Ryan Day does, and I, I will be interested to see maybe if Tommy Reese's name comes up with that job. All right, Bill O'Brien, congratulations to him. <coughs> He's the new head coach at Boston College. Here, let's get to the break, Ryan. Uh, Justin, my voice is, is – my cough's getting pretty bad here, and let me see if I can treat it a little bit during the break. And uh, some phone calls would help me out. I wouldn't have to talk as much. If you want to give us a ring on the Krispy Kreme Donuts hotline, 205-342-9904. 205-342-9904 is the number. And before we get to the break, the YMCA of Tuscaloosa – is ready for you whenever you're ready for the Y. 2313th Street. Get by and see them. Let them give you a tour. If you've never been in there, it's an incredible, beautiful facility. Clean, sanitized. Locker rooms are fabulous. The people are great. Jeff Knox, the CEO, uh, the training staff, the personal trainers, all top-notch. Fitness classes, uh, silver sneakers program. The YMCAF Tuscaloosa, 2313th Street downtown. Join today. We'll be back after this. As much as Innisfree has evolved, it will always be that place to escape and have a good time. Whether it's for a game day weekend, to reminisce on college days, or to create new memories, if you're looking for a good time, there's only one thing to do. Head to the free at 1925 University Boulevard. And don't forget about the Lucky Lunch Meet Boulevard West. Krispy Kreme is open seven days a week. To see our complete donut, coffee, and espresso menu, visit our website at KrispyKremeTuscaloosa.com. Krispy Kreme, hot now and anytime. Life doesn't wait for when your finances are in perfect order. It just happens. But no matter what surprises come your way, Alabama Credit Union will be here to help make it affordable with great personal loans, mortgages, and auto loans. They offer an easy application process and fast decisions so you can stay focused on feeling good about whatever life brings your way. Alabama Credit Union will be here to help make it affordable with great personal loans, mortgages, which vary by state. In some states, participation in DriveWise allows all states to use your driving data for purposes of rating. While in some states, your rate could increase with high-risk driving. Generally, safer drivers will save with DriveWise. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates North Park, Illinois. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. The sky mostly cloudy today, very mild. A chance of showers late this afternoon and tonight. The high today, 68. The low tonight, 58. Tomorrow and Sunday, cloudy with occasional rain. Maybe a thunderstorm around. Highs between 67 and 70. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 60 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Your home for Alabama Crimson Tide football. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Saturday night's all right for fighting. Not really. Don't go out and get on a get into a fight on Saturday night. But do have some fun this weekend. Alabama basketball in the morning. Make a note. Uh, 11 a.m. tip at the Maravich Assembly Center there in Baton Rouge. So um, it is on. Yeah, uh, check the TV again for that one, Justin. Is it is it ESPN two? Check that for me real quick, if you don't mind. Let's make sure. Of course, we got it on the on the radio, obviously. Tide's coverage, pregame show, uh, the Tide pregame show, plus the uh, Crimson Tide Sports Network coverage, the game, postgame show, all of that with uh, Hunter Johnson and, 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 of course, obviously the Crimson Tide Sports Network crew with Chris Stewart and Brian Passick and Tom Stide. But if you want to watch it on television. That's uh, going to be on uh, on ESPN if you want to watch on television. A regular ESPN. Okay, regular ESPN, ESPN1, whatever you refer to it as. 11 a.m. on Saturday. Uh, 
we were talking about that game earlier, Justin, and Franny called in. I thought he had a good point. You know, Corey called in earlier talking about, well, you know, this is a tough game. This is kind of picking out certain games. And coaches, as we said, don't have that luxury. They can't cherry pick them. Um, you know, it's like Coach Stallings used to say about some of the, the games against the what people perceived as inferior teams. He always said, you know, if you don't think there's big games, just lose one of them. He was right. You know, you, you lose one of those games that people think you're supposed to win, and you'll find out real quickly how big a game it is after the fact. So Alabama's got a tough schedule ahead. There's no doubt about it. But this is a big, big game tomorrow, Justin, because you've got the bye coming up. You don't play again for a week after tomorrow. You lost. Not only did you lose, you got it handed to you pretty good Wednesday night at Auburn. Now you go on the road again against another group of Tigers, a team that you you kind of embarrassed here in Roman Coliseum just a couple of weeks ago. So they're going to be looking for payback. They're a, they're a solid team at home. If you don't play well, if Alabama plays well, they're going to win the game. I believe that. They're better than LSU. But if you don't play well, or you're still hungover from the Auburn game, or you're are you worrying about what's ahead or whatever's on your mind other than being focused to play your best in this game, they're good enough to win that game, Justin. Would you agree? No, de- <clears throat> excuse me, definitely. I think they are. And I think especially coming off a, a loss that they just had against Tennessee, uh, 20 points, and then go back, like you said as well, Gary, uh, when they were up here in Tuscaloosa and, and they got beat pretty good by us. They will have some vengeance, and, and there's nothing more motivating, I think, than, uh, than a big loss, especially when you're going back to your, your home stadium and you're going to be playing in there. Um, we could definitely, there's a chance we could get beat by LSU if we ha- fall into this slump after the Auburn game. Justin, do me another favor if you don't mind, and just uh, when you get it, check the see if you can find the point spread on that game tomorrow. I'm just curious. Uh, we don't talk about you know point spreads nearly as much with basketball as we do with football. Football is only one game a week and 12 games a year. But I'm curious. I, I bet you Alabama's favored. I just if you can find it, <clears throat> I just wonder if what what the what the line is on that on that game. But uh, just a little check on that. Also, you know when you look at at SEC basketball, the depth of this league right now projected to get nine teams in the NCAA tournament, which is a really high number. <clears throat> if nine out of 14 are able to go. But what we're talking about with Alabama is really what we're talking about with, with everybody. I mean, it's, it's the same. I mean, you can't, you can't, um, Take any team for granted, regardless of who you are. So Alabama's in no different boat than than Auburn is tomorrow. You know, Auburn's just the opposite coming off the big home win. But they go on the road to Florida, which is not an easy place to play. And we'll ask Brett Pritchard about this. But if Auburn <coughs> is hungover for whatever reason and still enjoying their win over Alabama um, too much, they can get tripped up tomorrow. You know, Gary, I'm looking here. I don't think the lines have come out just yet. I'm not seeing them anywhere. Yeah, they may not bring them out in basketball until either the night, maybe even the morning off because there's so many variables. You're probably right. 
It will be uh, interesting, though, um, after just taking a glance at their lineup. It looks like one of the best players for LSU, and of course it's a team we've seen before. (coughs) Again, they have a big guy. They have a center who can score points, and that's always going to be a worry for us, um, for this Alabama team, it seems. You're right. He's huge. And when they came into Baton Rouge, they, I mean, when they came into Tuscaloosa, they, uh, their game plan was to go inside early. They pounded it inside. They just didn't make very many shots. But uh, it won't be an easy game for them, but it won't be an easy game for Auburn at, at, at Florida tomorrow. You know what? It won't be an easy game for Tennessee at Texas A&M tomorrow. So every team's facing the same thing. That's why you can't look ahead. Uh, South Carolina now, uh, they're probably in the best spot of any of these four teams tomorrow. Uh, just being honest. Because they host Vanderbilt. And I don't see South Carolina losing that game. But the other three... Alabama, Auburn, Tennessee, you could all make a case that they could get beat tomorrow. They're all on the road, all playing pretty good teams. Other games on Saturday, you've got uh, Kentucky doing their deal where, you know, they like to play these big national games sometimes in the middle of their conference schedule, and they're doing that tomorrow as they are hosting Gonzaga at 3 o'clock Central on CBS. So it can't help the Cats in terms of their SEC standings or hurt them, but certainly in terms of their national perception and potential seed, that's a big game for Kentucky. Georgia is at Arkansas. (coughs) Arkansas still kind of reeling. That's an interesting game. And Mississippi State is at Missouri. And for Missouri, it's been a, you know, it's been a, it's been a tough go, but they're a team that at home, um, same thing with Mississippi State. Mississippi State's battling to get into the NCAA tournament. Right now, I think they're projected to be in. But if you go to Columbia, Missouri, and you get beat, woo, that's a huge hit on your resume. So. That's a big game for Mississippi State because Mississippi State is an inside-oriented team. Now, their perimeter shooting lately has been a lot better. But they're a team that if they don't have a good game, you can see them scoring sometimes in the high 50s, low 60s. And if that's the way the game's played, Missouri might have a chance there to knock them off. So, yeah, the SEC, (coughs) you can never – You can never look too far ahead. You can never get ahead of yourself. And all these games tomorrow, particularly for these four teams that are tied at 8-2 in the conference, are the biggest games of the season because they dictate where you're at by tomorrow night in the standings. You win or lose, it's a big, big difference. And, again, outside of South Carolina, which, honestly, the Gamecocks at home should not have any problem with Vanderbilt, Alabama at LSU, Auburn at Florida, and Tennessee at A&M, Those are all potential losses for those teams if they don't go on the road and play well. So that's kind of where we're at with this right now. We're getting ready to hit down the stretch run. Every game's important. And for Alabama, you know, you got a chance, if you're Nate Oates, to win a third SEC regular season championship in the last four years. That's hard to do, folks. 
that's an amazing accomplishment if Alabama could do it. <clears throat> so all of these games from here on out are big for a team that really should be considered to be in rebuilding mode. I'll say it again. After what this team lost from last year, for Alabama to be right back leading the SEC 10 games in, it's pretty phenomenal if you ask me. But the job isn't done yet. Tough games ahead, beginning with tomorrow. All right. Um, someone got me a social media message. Gary, do you think that there'll be a quarterback competition in the spring at Alabama? Justin, that's a good question. Because I think there's always competition, right? I mean, that's what coaches build their programs on. You know, nobody's ever, you know, you, you never have a job so securely that you can't be beat out by someone else. Because if that's the way you believe, then maybe you're not pushing yourself to be your best. So I know that coaches always like to say, well, there's, there's open competition always. But at the same time, there's certain players, you know, I mean, Caleb Downs is gone. Uh, but if Caleb, Caleb Downs has stayed at Alabama, there was nobody going to beat out Caleb Downs this year. What's it going to happen? <laughs> so at the quarterback position, Jalen Milrose is the established starter, coaching change or not. I mean, this is a guy who led you to an SEC championship, to the college football playoff, and is coming back now with all that experience. Having said that, there is a new staff. There is a new system. You've got Ty Simpson who decided to return. You've got Dylan Lonergan, who a lot of people are very, very high on. And now you've got Austin Mack. I mean, in from Washington. Orion Grubb and Kalen DeBoer guy. So do I think there'll be a quarterback competition at Alabama in the spring? I think that Yes, there'll be competition. Do I think that Jalen Milrow is the established starter? Yes. Do I think that Jalen Milrow, unless he absolutely has a horrible spring, do I think he'll go into fall camp as the starter? Yes. I think it's his job. But I do think there'll be competition. I do think that he will need to get better and learn the system. Or he could be or he could be pushed because there's three other really good quarterbacks that are at Alabama wanting to push. We're available 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Visit PattersonComerLawFirm.com. No representations made that the legal services provided by Patterson Comer is greater than any other legal services performed by any other lawyer. Los Tarascos has been serving Mexican favorites like burritos, fajitas, and quesadillas since 1999. Their new location is at 4100 Owen Parkway in Northport. And of course, you can find Los Tarascos in Tuscaloosa at 110 Skyland Boulevard. The bar areas feature big screen television so you can enjoy your favorite sporting events. Los Tarascos 
Roscoe's features daily happy hour specials. And for the best Mexican cuisine in West Alabama, remember, the name is Los Tarascos with locations in Tuscaloosa and Northport. Since 2011, Billy Sports Grill, located on Main Avenue in historic downtown Northport, has been serving their legendary signature chicken sandwich, award-winning wings, and handcrafted cocktails. Billy's is also the spot to watch all your favorite sporting events with big screen, high-definition televisions in both dining rooms, at the bar, and outside on the beautiful patio. Come by and say hello to Kim and Lisa, the Billy's management dream team. Billy's good food, good friends, and good time. Covering University of Alabama sports, as well as the national and local scene as well. The Gary Harris Show, only on Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Time for the Auburn Report with Brett Pritchard from the Auburn Blitz. And a lot to cover this morning with the Tigers. Good morning, Brett. How are you? I'm good, Gary. How are you, buddy? Ah, still trying to get over this crud, but, uh, you know, battling through it. And, you know, a lot of people have had it. Have you been able to stay free of it? Well, you remember I missed the show uh, back. That's right. I sure did. Ago because I, I had no voice. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's I've, I've right. Yeah. Time on that, Gary. So I'm glad we can't catch things through the phone. Yeah, man. It's uh, yeah. It's very few people feel, have been unscathed, brother. I mean, let's uh, let's start with basketball, <clears throat> and uh, before we look ahead to tomorrow, a uh, big game for Auburn on Wednesday night. Number one, it's Alabama. Number two, uh, as Bruce Pearl said, if you lose that game. You're two games behind Alabama, and you've lost the tiebreaker, uh, 0-2. So uh, you wouldn't have been out of it, but it would have been a it would have been an uphill climb. But by getting that win, uh, now Auburn, Alabama, South Carolina, Tennessee, all tied at eight and two, and we're set up for a good stretch run. But Auburn was uh, was really good at home on Wednesday night against the Tide. They they were Gary, and I, th- I think uh, what you find out is what we been seeing all year this year's teams, uh, good teams at home defend their home court. Um, and, you know, that goes for anybody. And it's tough to win in this league. Um, Tennessee's taking their lumps. Kentucky's taking their lumps. Both Auburn and Alabama are taking their lumps. It's just hard. I mean, there's no other way to, to spin it. And uh, it's, it's going to be hard moving forward. I mean, there's still some really tough games, both for Auburn and Alabama. Um, and every game is important at this point. You're not going to be able to stretch any type of lead, uh, you know, on, on the rest of the pack. Uh, that's why I thought that was such a crucial game for Auburn the first trip, uh, the, the trip to Tuscaloosa a couple of weeks ago. And Auburn was still undefeated. And, you know, there were teams right there behind them, Tennessee and Alabama and Kentucky. If Auburn could have won that game, uh, you could have gotten up two games on the rest of the pack. You know, you get up two, maybe three games in this league this year, and it almost feels insurmountable because, uh, like Bruce Pearl said, you know, it, it, it's hard to make up that ground because you gotta, you gotta be perfect almost and you gotta have the teams ahead of you kind of come back toward the pack. But, uh, 
But nevertheless, uh, the, the Auburn did play well. Um, Alabama, I thought, came out and did what they needed to do early in the game and uh, got down and then fought back and took a lead. And, you know, and Auburn went on a run uh, right there at the end of the first half to go up 14. And I believe, if, if I'm not mistaken, Alabama was up 14 at home over Auburn. So, you know, they were – you know, both teams kind of had a, a a little bit of a cushion going into halftime, but you knew uh, coming out of uh, the first five minutes were, were, would be really crucial. And you know, Auburn in, in Tuscaloosa was able to to cut into that lead and uh, and get it back to a situation where they were actually able to fight and uh, claw and actually take a one point lead a couple times. But Alabama was able to to, to win that game uh, at the end. Uh, this time, Auburn was able to uh, sustain and. They kind of kept the pressure. I think I think Alabama came back and cut it to six one time, and it looked like they were they were getting right back to where it was going to be right at the end of the game. But Auburn was able to uh, continue to pound inside. I think that's where <coughs> Pearl realized he he messed up in Tuscaloosa. Is that you know Denai Broom had twenty five that night, and I think he could have had thirty five. Uh, and I don't think anybody wants to go to a basketball game and watch a foul contest or a free throw contest. And for whatever reason, it was an absurd amount of free throws in this particular game. Um, I'm not saying that a lot of them weren't warranted, but it was just very tightly called. I mean, Alabama made a lot of trips to the line. Auburn made a lot of trips to the line. And they both did shot the ball well from the line. line. You know, they were able to do what they were able to do. The, the inside presence of Janai Broom, of course, Jalen Williams had a much better game than he had in Tuscaloosa. Um, I think all of that co- coupled with being home uh, led to, you know, a pretty convincing Auburn win over a very good Alabama team. And, uh, you know, so now you've got this traffic jam at the top of the SEC. And, um, you know, I still, in my heart of hearts, for whatever reason, think Tennessee may be the best team because they've got Dalton Connect on their team, and I think he's just a difference maker. Uh, but I definitely think Mark Sears for Alabama is a difference maker, and I think Janai Broom for Auburn is a difference maker. So I think it's going to be set up, Gary, for a fun uh, stretch run here in the SEC between those three teams. Um, you know, Auburn's got a, a tough schedule like everybody else. they got to go on the road to Florida tomorrow, a place they haven't won, and Lord knows when, and I think it's 1996, if, if my memory serves me correctly. Auburn had one uh, in, in Gainesville. So, you know, Florida, uh, just like everybody else, is a tough out at home. Uh, then you got South Carolina coming in next Wednesday, who is, man, you talk about a team that nobody saw doing what they're doing. Um, and that, that, that could be a massive game as far as a battle for first place in the SEC next Wednesday if Auburn were able to go on the road and beat Florida. So, uh, got got some really tough games. Then you got Kentucky, of course, and Tennessee coming up over the horizon. Um, a lot of work to do, but uh, you can only take them one at a time. You're right, and and that's what I was talking with a caller earlier, who's kind of cherry picking Alabama's schedule, and 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 I said, well, for all these these four teams right now that are tied, Alabama, Auburn, South Carolina, and and, and Tennessee, they don't have that luxury. And you gotta you gotta play the next game. And and when you look at Alabama at LSU tomorrow. Tennessee at A&M, Auburn at Florida. At least for tomorrow, South Carolina's in the, got the advantage there at home against Vandy. But for those other three teams, if you don't play your best, um, you get home with an L. And they all count one. And that I think when you're trying to win a championship, 
that's the thing that coaches always remind their players. Yeah, you win a big game um, at home, like Auburn did against Alabama, and it, you, you, and you don't give it back. But if you go win at Florida, then you really have maximized that win. But if you lose tomorrow, uh, the only way to guarantee these four teams they're going to be tied for first tomorrow is if they win. That's the only way to guarantee it. If you lose one of those games, any of those four, you know, you're going to need help. And so you're right, Brett, for everybody. In this league, you can never look ahead. You can never start saying, well, we got so-and-so in 10 days. The biggest game of the season for Auburn tomorrow is the Florida Gators. I don't think there's any doubt about that, right? Uh, you cannot look past anybody. I mean, uh, I think uh, you saw a situation with, uh, the lost Alabama and then the hangover going on the road to Mississippi State is a tough stretch, you know, for Auburn. Um, and they lost both of those games and, uh, got back to Neville Arena, had Vanderbilt come in. Uh, you know, that was what the doctor ordered. That was the perfect medicine to try to get back on, on track. And you knew what, uh, what you had to do. And then, um, got a big win against Ole Miss. Um, they went over there and played. Very similar to how they played the first three, those, those last three games in the first half against Ole Miss and then came out, made some adjustments, really took control and ended up winning that game going away. And that built momentum going into Wednesday night's matchup against Alabama. And so everything's kind of a, I mean, it's a wave of momentum, <coughs> your peaks and valleys. Uh, and right now Auburn's on a, on a peak and, uh, and they're on a rise and they've won. Uh, three games in a row now after they had lost two in a row. So um, big game, I think, for a lot of different reasons. But like you said, mainly because every single game from this point is crucial. If you go on the road, and, and I hate to say still a win, but that's basically what it feels like now. If you can go on the road and still a win and you can hold serve at home, you have a leg up. Uh, and um, Florida is already proven. Uh, they went to rough arena last week and, and got a win over Kentucky. Now, I know they went on uh, the road and lost to uh, Texas A&M, but, you know, that's just what you get in this league. Anybody can get you on any given night. Uh, the game's at 2.30 tomorrow. Uh, I think Bruce Pearl uh, and this team feel like, you know, if they can go down there and break a, you know, a long drought, uh, that will only add more momentum uh, to them heading into the next week's matchup against South Carolina. And, again, I think South Carolina is scary good. Um, they're, uh, they're, they continue to prove everybody wrong. Uh, they're right there where you, they need to be. And like you said, Gary, if everybody else loses, they, they have Vanderbilt Saturday. They, they're sitting there at the top of the, list, the league. For Auburn, <clears throat> and, and, and we see it with Tennessee too. And, uh, you know, I said for Alabama, the issues Alabama had in November are the same issues they're having now, the same issues they're going to have in March. I mean, they just don't have – that kind of interior size and strength and maturity that some other teams have. Alabama's skilled. We know they can shoot it. And even last year, you know, with, with Miller and Clowney and Betty Ako, but there is a difference when you – and we saw it with Alabama when they ran into San Diego State. There is a difference no matter how skilled you are when you run into experienced teams that have grown men. And I think Auburn fits that. I mean, Jalen Williams is in his fifth year, man. Um, I mean, he's a grown man. Uh, Broom's a grown man, even Cardwell off the bench. That kind of, it's one thing to have talent, but to have talent and be able to keep it in your program long enough to really see it mature, that's something Bruce Pearl's got. This is a mature basketball team with those inside guys. 
And I think when you're talking about big-time basketball games in March, that experience and size and physicality, like we were talking about the ability to get to the free-throw line, no matter how skilled other teams may be, that's, that's something that's hard to come by. And we just don't have it as much in college basketball, but Auburn's got it. Wouldn't you agree with that? You can't diminish the worth of uh, experience uh, and, and quality experience, good, solid players. Um, there, there is a, you know, there's a, there's a uh, two schools of thought to the way you want to attack college basketball. And you look at San Diego State last year, a team that knocked Alabama out right there with a chance to go to the Final Four, a veteran team. You know, mm-hmm. the guys that had played together for three or four years. And, you know, you can take philosophies like Kentucky, and you can go and get you five McDonald's All-Americans every year that are freshmen, and you can roll them out on the floor, and you can hope that they build enough camaraderie and chemistry to get <laughs> by March that they're that they're playing well enough to get you where you need to go. Um, there, there's also the other school of thought that you can build – a program the way Auburn kind of has done it. You, you said the, the team that went to the Final Four had a bunch of veteran guys on there. You're going to get that run once every three or four years rather than have a shot maybe when you go out and get five McDonald's All-Americans and get them to kind of see if they can jail. So I like that. We've talked about that on our show several times and the different schools of thought and philosophy on how you want to build a team. And I thought getting Janai Broom and Jalen Williams to come back this year was the recruit job Bruce Pearl has been able to do. And oh, no doubt. That. Those, those are the two leaders on the team. And then you pick up a transfer in Chad Baker-Mazar, who's emerged really as the vocal leader on the team, which I thought, and I've said it many times on our show, thought that's what Auburn was lacking to this point. Somebody that could step up and actually be a vocal leader in in key moments. And he showed that on the road at Ole Miss. He kicked everybody out of the locker room, including the coaches. Went in there and obviously turned that whole thing around and maybe was the the momentum that Auburn needed coming down the stretch. So um, I I like veteran teams. I think veteran teams make it it fun in March. You see them make deep runs in March. Uh, there's still one thing about this team that makes me nervous, and it's the guard play. I think I think guard play has got to get better. Uh, you saw it a little bit better this past week at Ole Miss and against Alabama, but uh, Aiden Holloway is still kind of MIA right now. And I think Bruce Pearl was expecting a lot more out of him. Uh, he, he is a McDonald's All-American. He's a very talented freshman, but he is, for whatever reason, just cannot find the range offensively and uh, has struggled uh, to this point in SEC play. But if he can get going and, and the rest of the team continue to do what they're doing, this this could be a very dangerous Auburn team coming down the stretch. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, no doubt about it. I mean, uh, when you look at this league, Brad, I think right now nine teams projected to get in the NCAA tournament. Now, you you know, that's fluid, obviously. And, you know, another game for teams that aren't battle for the championship, a game like Mississippi State's got tomorrow at Missouri. I mean, they got to win that game. I mean, you know, but it won't be easy. Uh, so there's a, a lot of teams that are playing for different things this time of the year, but the depth in this league is – how do you rate it? I mean, is it is it as good as you've seen in a while as far as – I mean, let's say through 11, 12 teams, maybe not Vanderbilt, maybe not Missouri, but outside of those teams, it seems like, uh, you know, even – 
an Arkansas, you know, obviously an Ole Miss. I mean, there are teams that that are good enough to beat you uh, that aren't contending for this conference championship. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, I think you said it best. I think there's uh, if you look at it and you hear uh, all the prognostications of how many teams could could actually make it into uh, the tournament. It, it's it's amazing, you know. If they get nine teams in, in SEC history, and uh, I think that's that's where this league is. I think everybody's got good players. Even Vanderbilt in Missouri have good players. And, I mean, I know you look at the records and doesn't translate that, but there's a couple of guys on each one of those teams that I think most any team would take. And uh, uh, it's depth, Gary. To me, in this league, it's about depth. I think you can run out a, a good starting five to be competitive, but how deep can you go on your bench? And I think Auburn's 11 deep. Uh, Bruce Pearl and his substitution patterns, uh, they can, it, it can, it lends itself to where Auburn can play that intense level of defense for 40 minutes. And when you sub that first wave in, you don't have a drop off. You know, a lot of times when, when you make that first mass substitution, teams can see a drop off and you see if you can steal minutes. You can, you know, try to give your starters a rest and see how long they can, uh, that second group can maintain. And I think Bruce Pearl's just as comfortable with the second team being out there as he is the first team. And I think he's mixed it up a little bit and kind of mixed in <laughs> some of the guys that are on first and second team. So he, he has built a team that's got depth that they can go down the bench and can get quality minutes from a lot of guys. I think the most minutes. Anybody getting on this team right now, Gary, is about 26 or 27 minutes. And I mean, you think about that. I, I mean, you look at Kentucky right now. I think their number one guy is playing 35, 36 minutes a game. He's not getting a chance to, to get much time on the bench to get a breather. So that depth really allows Auburn to do what Bruce Pearl likes to do, and that's play that switch style defense, full court press, try to get in your face, try to create turnovers. Uh, and, and that ends up being uh, a lot of cheap baskets for Auburn on fast break opportunities and things like that. But I, I really think it's depth. I think this is the best this league has been top to bottom, save maybe a couple of teams. And then next year you're going to add Texas and Oklahoma to the mix. All right, Brett, you're getting short on time. Let's get to a little bit of football. Uh, Coach Freeze and the staff now uh, pretty much complete. There was a lot of chatter that Rodney Garner might be coming back from Tennessee to be the defensive line coach. Uh, can you tell us what happened with that not coming to fruition? Yeah, I, I'm not sure, uh, Gary. I, you know, again, I think sometimes ships sail. Uh, and I think, uh, you know, obviously Rodney Garner has been at Auburn a couple of times. He, he, he's a, a former player and obviously, uh, uh, you know, a guy a lot of, a lot of Auburn people love. And, uh, but at, I guess, uh, you know, through talks and, Whatnot. I think Hugh Freeze just ended up looking at the situation and decided to uh, to bump Bontrell King Williams uh, up on the defensive line uh, situation, and uh, and I think he's a I think he's a good pick. I mean, you know, DJ Dirk, Charles Kelly will work together as co defensive coordinators. Uh, I, I say this all the time on on our show. Um, at the end of the day, head coach is ultimately responsible for everything that goes on. That's with their assistant coach hires, that's with the players you have on your team, that's the scheme that you run, all that stuff ends up going back to head coach. Um, we can all speculate and say, well, that wasn't a good hire or that that wasn't his first choice or whatnot. But at the end of the day, 
Um, the head coach has to make the decisions that he feels like is best for his team. And uh, Auburn finally has a, uh, a a full staff. Maybe maybe nobody will get cherry picked again. I mean, it seems like uh, you can't ever rest. That, that, that everything's so fluid. Everybody's moving all the time. Other job opportunities in the NFL are popping open. And you and I talked about this a couple of weeks ago. Uh, coaches are jumping to those opportunities now because of the way college football is. So um, it, we'll all see. You know, uh, spring football will start in a few weeks, and uh, uh, we'll see how this staff plays out. But I think uh, right now he's just glad he's got a full staff. And, of course, at Auburn, just like the other SEC schools, softball opening up this weekend, baseball next week. So a lot going on, and I know you'll have it all covered on the Auburn Blitz. Yes, sir. Uh, we'll be on here uh, in about an hour. and. Uh, Look forward to it, Gary. Thank you, Brett. Thank you, buddy. All right, 10.50. We'll take our final time out and come back and get ready to wrap up the show uh, another week. And uh, appreciate everybody, uh, like I said, bearing with me this week. It's been, it's been, a, um, you know, obviously being sick is not ideal for anyone. So, but particularly when you're, you know, you're trying to do a two-hour radio show and you're under the weather, it's, um, it, it, I hope it hasn't been too annoying. I've tried to, you know, do the best I can. Uh, today, I've, you know, just to cough for whatever reason. I think that means that <clears throat> I'm getting better because I feel like I'm better. It's just, you know, get, I guess the last remnants of it. But uh, anyway, it's been a challenge this week, but I appreciate everybody sticking with us. And, uh, you know, I'm hopeful through a, a, a weekend of, uh, you know, getting a little more rest that by Monday we're back 100%. But we will uh, – We'll be here regardless. All right, we'll come back and wrap up the show right after this. As much as Innisfree has evolved, it will always be that place to escape and have a good time. Whether it's for a game day weekend, to reminisce on college days, or to create new memories, if you're looking for a good time, there's only one thing to do. Head to the free at 1925 University Boulevard. And don't forget about the Lucky Lunch Meet and 3 special Monday on Boulevard West. Krispy Kreme is open seven days a week. To see our complete donut, coffee, and espresso menu, visit our website at KrispyKremeTuscaloosa.com. Krispy Kreme, hot now and anytime. Tuscaloosa's Old Colony Golf Course is an 18-hole championship layout designed by by 1976 U.S. Open champion Jerry Pate. Director of Golf John Gray and fitting specialist Bob Montgomery are PGA certified. Mike Shivitz is the head professional and director of the Tuscaloosa Junior Golf Program. Call today to secure a tee time at the Tuscaloosa Championship Golf Course. Everyone can play. 205-562-3201. Old Colony is operated by Perry. If you haven't already, you've got to try Tuscaloosa's unique breakfast, brunch, and lunch concept. Brick and Spoon, downtown Tuscaloosa, Timerson Square. It's fresh food with a Cajun flair featuring a full bar with build-your-own Bloody Marys and mimosas. Open daily, 7 a.m. until 2 p.m. Available for after-hours events, rehearsal dinners, receptions, and birthdays. They offer brunch and lunch catering. Call Brick and Spoon at 205-345-5551 for more information. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. The sky mostly cloudy today, very mild. A chance of showers late this afternoon and tonight. The high today, 68. The low tonight, 58. Tomorrow and Sunday, cloudy with occasional rain. Maybe a thunderstorm around. Highs between 67 and 70. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 61 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Need to know what's going on with the Crimson Tide? Then subscribe to our YouTube channel for exclusive content on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app.
All right, 1054, winding it down for another week here on the Gary Harris Show. As always, home sweet home kind of winds us down. But uh, been a good show. I want to thank our guest, Christy Curry, Alabama women's basketball coach, and Brett Pritchard from the Auburn Blitz. As we've talked about all program long, busy, busy weekend, Alabama gymnastics tonight at Auburn for a big, big meet. That's always uh, a fun time, and I just should have asked Brett about that. I should have asked him about the gymnastics meet. But uh, we know it's coming up. We talked about it. Bama softball, two games today over at the Buzz Classic in Atlanta after they opened the season last night with a 3 nothing win over Vill- Villanova. And Caleb Beaver, the transfer pitcher from Central Arkansas, <coughs> threw a no-hitter in the game. So a big start for Alabama softball. Bama women's basketball, light men's basketball, back-to-back in Baton Rouge. The men tomorrow morning at 11 a.m. And then on Sunday, the women play. The defending national champion, LSU Lady Tigers. So... No shortage of sports, and then, oh yeah, of course, on Sunday, the biggest game of the year in any sport, the Super Bowl. Sunday, 5.30 Central Time, from Las Vegas, Kansas City Chiefs from the AFC versus the San Francisco 49ers from the NFC. All right, that's going to wrap it up for the program. Everybody have a great weekend, and uh, we'll be back Monday morning to break down the weekend in sports, including the Super Bowl on the Gary Harris Show. T-Town Sports Daily is coming up at 11 a.m., followed by the Miller's Edge from noon until 2, and then Ryan Fowler will take you home this afternoon with the game from 2 until 6. For Justin Jones, I'm Gary Harris. Everybody enjoy their weekend. Roll Tide.